gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Chocolate with a Side of Medicine. It has been a while since we have chit-chatted with you. We hope that you guys had a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. All the holidays, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all of that in between. Um, and we're back. So as you know, I am Dr. Sunshine. I am one of your co-hosts. I am joined by my lovely co-host. We got Amy Jo MD. What's up? <laughs> we got Dr. Chris. Hi, guys. And of course, we have Dr. Nono. Hey. How are y'all doing? We started the we started the podcast right when y'all were really passionate about something that y'all had on your hearts and souls. Y'all can talk about it now or you can talk about it later. It's completely up to you. <laughs> we might as well do it now. The outpatient well just do it and just get it get it out in we've the been, open. We've been out here in these outpatient streets complaining about outpatient life, like these messages <laughs> that y'all keep leaving. I look, I have a patient that will text a message and Five minutes later, they will text, hello, question mark. So, of course, by the time I get them, <laughs> there's always these paragraphs with, hello? Yeah, I need a, I need a refill on this. And I forgot to tell you um, before I left that, ooh, nothing burns me than a, I forgot to tell you. But the thing they forgot to tell you isn't like, oh, quick, by the way, I just need to update you. The thing they forgot to tell you is like three more problems, right? I forgot to tell you that I fell out my tub two days ago and my knee is bruised and I can't walk on it. And, um, let me know if I need to come back in or can you just send me something? Yo, I didn't look, I didn't look at your knee like that. Right? Like you came in for an ear infection. How was I supposed to know to look at your knee? And then after I don't respond, it'll be like, hello. The, the, the messages are a gift and a curse. Yes. Yes. I think people think that it's a text, like texting, like you, yeah. it comes to our phones, but it doesn't because it gets screened and other people see it. And then the, the one that I love is when they're like, they send you a paragraph of the problem. Do you think I should be seen? If it's a paragraph that you wrote, yes. come in, don't even write it. <laughs> Just make an appointment and be seen because <laughs> I am not trying to read a paragraph. I, I, yeah. No. No. Look, I have gotten in. a four addendum message, like ran out of space and started a new <laughs> one saying, no. and, and when you got to start labeling it in message one, message, <laughs> no. oh my God. message three. No. I had to call that person. I was like, listen, I just want you to know that I have not read your messages, but I read your last sentence on message four and I agree with you that you need to come in. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I did read. (laughs) I did read that you need to come in. Yes. So I think a lot of people, they just assume that the message center, like, you know, for a lot of the outpatient clinics are like, oh, well, I got this issue. Let me like email or text my, my PCP and see what they say about it. Um, But really like, what are people supposed to be using the message center for? So the message center really is to ask questions that get you from one visit to the next with some, with some exceptions, right? They are for points of clarification. Maybe we talked about a medicine. Now you have it. And the directions on the bottle aren't reflecting maybe what you thought we were supposed to be doing. Hey, I thought I was going to be on 25. This says 10. I just want to make sure, did I get the right thing? Was that the expectation? Mm-hmm. Um, I went to go pick up my medication and they actually put hydrochlorothiazide in there too. I thought we discussed that I wasn't going to be on there. Do I need to continue this medication or can I let them know that this is not something that I want to pick up? Um, I am not feeling well. Here are my symptoms. Do you mm-hmm. think this is something that I can um, come in to see? Or do I need to go to the emergency room for people who are acutely ill? Because also, and I, and I, uh, Dr. Chris shaking her head, but I do understand that people are trying not to go to the emergency room. So they are hoping, fingers crossed, that you can take care of it in the office. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can. Mm -hmm. But people also have to remember that we've got 72 hours to respond back to that. So if you're very sick, then... It's a bad place to put a message because I do not promise that I can get back to it when you send it. So to like the the guy that 
since the message five minutes later is like, hello, hello, are you listening? I don't have a phone sitting on me. So if it's acute enough, then you either need to call the office or something. Now, some of us have gotten lucky and we have nurses. They're also scanning that line. So the nurses will sometimes step in and say, hey, based on what I'm hearing from you, I think you really need to go to the emergency room or let me see if we can get you in. But it really is to tide you over until you get to your next visit. Mm -hmm. It is not a continuation of your visit. I get it. You want to talk about it. But if we didn't talk about it in my office, in my office, it means you talked about 20 things already and now you're in your box trying to add 25. Nah, homie, you need to make another appointment because <laughs> I give my patients a lot of time and a lot of problems, right? I used to get mad beat for it, mad heat from it from my mentors when I was in residency. And so I have given you good time you just simply are out of time. It is not to be an extension of that, right? And and your bosses, right? We've all got bosses. If you do outpatient, they always kind of tell you when you're a young doc, um, don't do medicine in the inbox. Because mm. you can miss something. Because have, you've all been there, right? They are describing something. And it's it, they're waxing poetically in these 10 paragraphs about what it is. And you come in because you're thinking you're going to look for this. And it is something different. I will give a great example. I'm a... I'm going to kind of make it up because I don't want to, you know, HIPAA. Um, <laughs> a patient came, sent a message about um, vaginal discharge. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, that's interesting. Okay. Um, I want you to come in because I'd already treated them and they were like, I'm still having some symptoms. And I thought, that that doesn't sound right. So why don't you come in? This person came in and had an unknown traumatic injury that was so obvious that I was like, when you were sitting typing about your vagina, you didn't feel your arm about to fall off because it needs surgery. Like this person needed a surgical fix for the trauma that was happening on this, on this other part of their body. So, um, that in itself. So if I had just said, yeah, um, I'm going to send you some antibiotics. Don't worry about it. I am actually not sure in hindsight if we would have ever caught it in time because people think of fractures and, and stuff like that as a no harm, no foul. But sometimes depending on where they are, we need to protect your blood supply. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure it doesn't slip. Sometimes you need plates. Like this person needed plates put in to mm-hmm. maintain the structure of the joint. Okay. Like it was that bad. And so you find out stuff. And so if you, when you, when you have people come in. And so I think that, um, people just don't appreciate that. It looks easy when you come in and see me, you give me some information. It just kind of feels like I'm shooting you some medication across the board and everything is fine. But there is a benefit to you coming in my office and me laying eyes on you. We cannot do medicine in the inbox. I mean, are there certain things like you just cannot message about? Like I'm thinking of the patient saying, oh, you know, doc, I I just want to let you know. Um, I know I saw you today for like a rash, but now I'm having like this crushing chest pain that goes up to my jaw. And I'm no. a little short of breath. I mean, can you give me something for that? <laughs> no. No, I can't no. give you something for that. No, you, you need to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and no. people do. They people do. do. They that. send it. They they really but do. They like, say I, it, it's for non-emergent stuff. And that's something emergent. You cannot. And it's because we may not respond to you right away. So that's why we don't want you to send us things like that. Because it's like, oh my gosh, you need to be seen. Like, this cannot be in a message. Yeah. Or if you're like, oh, um, I've had patients that send messages like, oh, I just can't do it anymore. I'm feeling really uh, depressed. And I think I just want to just be done with this and give oh, up. Oh, no. What? Yeah, no. You need to go. Yeah, don't send me that. Don't send us that. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is this is a problem. This there's, there's a phone call. We need to talk to you. You need to come in. We need to figure out what's going on. Make a plan. You know? Well. Let me clarify. When we say don't send us that, you can send it, but don't send it thinking that the inbox is the solution that we're going to do, right? You can send any message that you want, but some people really are, like when you call them, when they do send those alarming things, I've got crushing chest pain. Um, I have severe depression. I kind of feel like I'm not sure if I want to go on. 
I find when I pick up the phone to call, because I will call you, y'all. I will call you. Mm-hmm. Hey, this Amy Joe. Uh, what's up? What's <laughs> happening? And, yeah. and they're sometimes like shocked, like, "Oh, I didn't think you were gonna call back. I I just thought you were gonna respond back." Not for no. those things. Those things are too serious to send you a message back, like. So what kind of chest pain is it? Get back to me. Right. Let me know. <laughs> no, and you, you absolutely can't do that. So if you are writing a paragraph and you sincerely are like, I don't, I don't know if she needs to see it or not. If you, it requires you five sentences to explain, you said it to say, and then you're going to ask your question. You probably just, need an appointment. Yeah, just you, you, you just need an appointment. Um, and that goes for pictures too. Listen, y'all. Oh, yes. I'm not the first person to get your message. I just want you to know. Now, everybody who is in your inbox that is sending me messages is a part of my care team. And as a part of my care team, they have a responsibility and an obligation to handle your information with the same care as if you were in the office. And we do. But when you be like, girl, you think this a bump or not? And you send a snapshot of your vagina. I just want you to know that it doesn't come directly to me first. But not only that, it's a part of your record. So anywhere else you see within the system, they can look and see that picture. I do want to say something on a more positive note. I don't want anyone to take this as um, we are not encouraging you to ask questions or be invested in your health. Yeah, We want you to ask questions. We want you to be invested in your health. It's really just more so about the proper usage of a tool, just like Dr. Nono said. Because I actually do encourage my patients to advocate for themselves and to ask questions, especially patients of color, because sometimes they don't feel comfortable asking questions. And sometimes they'll see me and they don't know what their treatment plan was with their previous doctor because they're like, I don't know. It was just ordering stuff. I don't even know what's going on. And I'm like, OK. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want you guys to get the idea that we don't want you to be invested because we do. Because when you guys ask me questions and they're really good questions a lot of the time, it shows me that you're invested and it shows me that you are on board with the plan that we're making together. So I don't want y'all to get it twisted because there is a silver lining amongst us. It's just about using the tool correctly. Yes. Um, I'm a pivot us hard and I might end up cutting this out depending on if she wants me to cut it out or not. Um, Dr. Nono, did you want to make an announcement of your uh, recent life moves yes, or not? Yes, I bought a house. You haven't, been given, you haven't been giving yourself... Uh-oh, tell the people oh, one more I'm time sorry. they hear you. Hey, y'all, I bought a house. Yeah, so you've been keeping it mad quiet. You ain't really told on many people. I, I was like, I don't know if you shared this with oh, the world. I mean, you like, I was just move. that's a boss I was trying move. to get up to like the final loan approval and then closing and all that's in the <laughs> works. So we're we're good. We're, we're in the clear. So as as we are doing this podcast, I have a pile of boxes behind me and more in the kitchen that I need to pack. But we are moving on Friday, and that's it. So yeah, Yay! I love it. Let's... Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Do you want to tell us what the best part and the worst part has been on the, of the process? Oh, my God. Ugh. The worst part, I, the worst part was probably trying to find a, um, like a loan, like a, the lender. So the loan company. So you have to shop around a lot. And like, I've been watching the, uh, the rates for like weeks or months even. And, you know, it was at that time where rates were like damn near 7.5%. Uh, for a mortgage and I became an expert in this like overnight because I'm just like I ain't trying to pay more than what I have to for a home and I've been like shopping for mortgage interest rates and like trying to find a good lender and I ended up with a really good one um shout out Todd Huntington you're the best um and my my real estate agent has been like awesome through the whole process so it's I think that part was probably the worst but it was it was exciting to finally find a spot and then being able to like have the vision, like when you walk through and see what you can do with the rooms and like the painting and like I had my little vision. Um, so uh, I think that's probably the best part, like just being able to like have a spot that's your own. And I've, I've grown my apartment, so I'm ready. I was ready to find a home. I've been looking for one for the past two years. So it's nice to finally find one in a city I'm ready to put my roots down. So. Kudos to you for that. It's too damn cold there. No, that's okay. I, I'm happy I somebody. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy somebody. <laughs> I second that. Oh. It gives me a reason to visit. It gives me yeah, a reason girl, to visit. Summertime, otherwise, come on, come on. 
Mm, it don't last that, long enough. They'll only last it for like a last. week. It does not. Yeah, it, it, Stop it. Last long enough. We had summer into like July. Yeah, my whole my whole mood my whole mood was off. My whole mood was off in Chicago. It was it was just too cloudy for too long. I'm like I can't. My sunshine can't even get through. Like I can't. Even. <laughs> it's like I'm you losing know, yes. my powers. Yes, that that is <laughs> true. Like I'm because... losing my powers. Cause this one be happy every day. Snow, rain, clouds, happy every I'm day. Like, I'm just yeah, from it's de- too cold. Uh, December to like <laughs> April. Happy. It's like it's it is miserable. But I mean you find things to do. We got restaurant week coming. Oh, restaurant week is actually happening now. Um where all the oh, restaurants, nice. like we have a shit ton of oh yeah, I can say that. It's fine. Uh we have a shit ton of restaurants <laughs> where like it's you know, like You're Michelin star. <laughs> Michelin star restaurants and they're like super good. They give you a really good deal. Um, all the restaurants have like a special deal on their breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and it's like from, you know, like the mom and pop store down the street to like the five star Michelin restaurant, like on Michigan, um, magnificent mile. So that's actually going on right now. Um, and then, you know, there's stuff to do during the winter. And also we have like, two really large international airports so with really good deals to anywhere else hey 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 this is not this is not an ad for chicago it's not, but i'm just saying chicago. it's not it's all chicago. that bad it's not all you that bad. you stay trying to sell chicago to people chicago is the third largest city in the united states you don't need yeah, to sell no, chicago it's, it's a big metropolis you don't need to try to sell it and you won't even try to sell it to us because we've lived yeah, there. I, i'm aware yeah. I mean, one I of did. the one of the four of us is from there <laughs> right amy joe yeah. i did like i back. did like chicago it's not like i didn't like it i just i just couldn't deal with the cold only thing i had an issue with is there are lots of outdoorsy things to do but it's cold most of the year i never that <laughs> i could just never fathom that like i just wonder what it would have been like if we had lived in chicago together and not had the stress of residency because that's residency, be different yeah you know, it's, it's a lot that different. would be very different like when you when you, you are even not if you wanted to do something yeah you didn't have the yeah. time to and you were too tired to go do it so it was it was like a and you know yeah. dr chris ain't coming out that's right, because you know, once I step foot in my house, girl, and you live in like <laughs> Oak Park until the next morning. So it's like Don't when you matter. when you drive all the way out I to the go suburbs, and we can't get you to come back out. So that's like you're a wrap. You're yeah, already on two ninety west, and then it it's it's done. <laughs> you gotta catch me when that's I'm, why when, when I, I got out. <laughs> when I got her out the house, I kept her out all day she and did. all night because I'm did. like, you're not going back home. But nobody got time for that. Yeah. Yeah. You ain't you going to the summer. She'd be like, ooh, let me go home and nah, change some bad no, lies. No, 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 no. Don't let me no, go home and change because I'm not. You let me put that bonnet on, it's <laughs> oh, over. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, that's why we had a good spot because we could go home and come back out because it yeah. was literally like, it, it was it was a good spot. Our, mm-hmm. our place was a good was spot. Cute. You could be like, no, nah, we're just going to stop right here. Come right back down, real quick. Come yeah. back, and we're we're still in the mix. Mm. Well, that's why I would stay with y'all. Like, if we were gonna go someplace, I'll hang out with y'all because that's true. I knew if I, I went home, like, yeah, Mm-mm. just come home. I do. Where, miss... where you finna go? I'm around. Nah, just come to the house. I mean, yeah, I did miss my other apartment. Take a nap on the couch. Yeah, my other apartment in Gold Coast was was a nice spot. So I love that rooftop because we had a couple. Remember, we did our Memorial yeah, Day that barbecue. Was a nice spot. Man, that was yeah. That was it was nice. Yeah, and I used to well, brag you know, that I know somebody that lived out there. Got <laughs> <laughs> to know, stay, stay living bougie life, okay? right? Oh, I used to brag on you all the time, like, "Ooh, I got a friend that lives out there." Like, I live. You know, I got a friend in Gold Coast with a roof. Yeah, I want the rooftop all the time. I got a friend in roof. Bro, I bet even from our residency program, they're always great. We can watch the show. I mean, yeah, we watched the fireworks. Did we see the fireworks one night when we were up there? Yeah, we did from your rooftop. Yes, yes, we, we did. Fourth Joy, it See? was we all up in there. I was all up in there. Yeah, yes, that was a did. good time. Oh, I missed that spot. <laughs> That's how I tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> Pivot. Who has the trending topics? Who has me. trending before we get too deep into me. that? Me. Listen, I have one one topic. Mm-hmm. It has bothered me since I read it. It has bothered me so much. I think my patients are probably tired of me saying it because I keep telling them. So I've been telling our trending topic for like weeks now because I'm like, yo, 
are we serious right now? And I think it, it bothers me a lot of friends, but let me just, so I don't remember, let me see what day this was, but in 2022, the CDC, did I do this one already? It's bothering me a lot. Maybe. If I did it, you're going to have to take it out, but I'm bothered by this. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm really just. Okay. So even, even if she's talked about this before, now we're just on Amy Jo's soapbox. Maybe we can have a little segment called Amy Jo's. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> this I like episode, it. it is. So for the second year in a row, the CDC has reported that life expectancy in the U S has declined. No, no, you, you haven't, haven't talked said about that, that before. Oh, crap. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, the life expectancy in the United States um, declined a year from its previous number. So the decline Ooh. has gone, and it's not a small decline. The decline went from 77 years of age down to 76.1 years. Mm-hmm. That expectancy um, is the lowest since 1996, and um, it was a 0.9 drop in, from 20 from 2020 to 2021 and it was a 1.8 drop the year before i mean and that in itself was the biggest decline in life expectancy since 1921 to 1923 that's when covid started though still i mean that's that's we lost a lot Mm. of people in covid i don't people realize how many people we lost in those two years that we were dealing with like peak covid it was a shit time but this is not this is not this is not speaking to COVID. So even though the declines the declines in life so the article notes that the declines in life expectancy since twenty nineteen were driven by the pandemic. Um there's also still a lot of heart disease in there, mm-hmm. chronic liver disease, cirrhosis, suicide is in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and so the decline in mortality is not just a COVID thing. Hmm. Is this not including, I want, I'm so curious to see what it includes. Maybe I'll look it up. Cause I was wondering if it was also including, um, accidents, shootings, things, yes. all of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, it, it bothers me on so many fronts. One, the life expectancy is declining, but also I've been using it to kind of educate my patient population. Right. So the average age, um, and I, I really, I've been looking into this a whole lot. So the the average age of, of life now is 70 something. Right. And the issue with that is that I think our mental triggers are off because everybody as they approach 50 kind of feel like, okay, 50 is coming. I need to get it together because I'm at the halfway mark. Like for some reason, socially 50 is burned into our brains as the halfway mark. But if the life expectancy is 77, then 50 is not the halfway mark and you are off by years if you were trying to figure out how to get your life together so that your, your trajectory stays stable. Hmm. It really means that 42 is your halfway mark. And when you think about it like that, I think it would change how people's overall approach to, to life and wellness would be because... You know, my 30 and my 40-year-olds be like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm going to get it. No, I don't want no diabetes medicine. I'm going to work on my life, so I'm going to get it together. You're at the halfway point. You are playing with death. And I think that that's how we get all these 40 and 50-year-olds that are not showing up to the high school reunion because folks are like, you heard about Jimmy? Now what happened to Jimmy? Girl, Jimmy died. I saw Jimmy two days ago with his kids, and then I got a call that Jimmy had dropped dead trying to go to work. Because it's catching up with us because I think the midpoint mark is is way earlier than it is. Mm. So that's one thing. The other thing that I was like, okay, why is this bothering me so much? Like, is this that different? And so then I kind of discovered, well, not really. So I was trying to figure out, like, where, what makes, what makes modern life expectancy so good or why I felt so shocked about it. And I had to realize that I don't know anything about life expectancy. So... If you, I don't, right? So before modern technology, we all think modern technology has caused us to live longer and it has Mm -hmm. in many aspects, but the thing that caused us to live longer are like the introduction to vaccines and antibiotics, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you could live through childhood and not die of childhood illnesses, then most people actually went on to live into their 60s and 70s, which is about where we are right now, looking at the life expectancy. So modern technology is not the thing that has expanded our lives at all. 
the introduction of things that didn't kill us in childhood expanded our lives. And I'm not talking about seatbelts. So the ability to actually not die of mumps and measles and mm-hmm. rubella mm-hmm. or not, you know, die of strep and, you know, all those things. So the ability to save small kids from dying from illnesses is really what helps the life expectancy for the general population. If you survived your childhood, you would go on to adulthood and live a relatively uh, same length of time that we do now. So it, it I don't know why that, that article just kind of irritated my soul, but I was like, I think that people really don't have an appreciation of just how long yet very short life is. Mm. That's, that's so, really interesting. Yeah. Um, don't they say in certain countries, like some people live longer in other countries too, and it's not necessarily because of so much the medical care per se, but the stress level and all of that has something to do with it, or maybe because people are just happier. I think it was uh, Japan and the Netherlands. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, so Japan was mostly their um, their diet, so they have a lot of you know very a lot of seafood. And also there, um, a lot of the older population takes place in a lot of um, like physical activity. Um, so that was like one thing that they very, they pride themselves on that they do very well. I mean, not, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I had something pop into me. Okay, so listen, quick story. So when I lived in the Bay, right? When I lived in the Bay, as soon as we moved there, we we're looking at different neighborhoods and there was like a bay, like an area of water, like a little lake or whatever. And there was this group of older Asian ladies and they came as a set and they were literally rowing. They had like a rowing posse. Like it was, it was like eight of them, <laughs> four of them. And these women are all 60 plus older Asian ladies, four in each canoe, just rowing <laughs> like at six in the morning. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> And then they were just like Vikings. And I looked at my husband. I was like, do you see this? He's like, yeah, like those are some really, really like, he's like, yo, they are like really fit and toned Asian ladies. And they're all like 60 plus. I'm like, I've never seen. I mean, I wasn't thinking of Rowan. I was thinking more like Tai Chi. Well, not Tai Chi. What's it? What's it called? Um, Yo, it's it's a different. It's a different type of. I believed it if I didn't see it with my own eyes. No, it's like a different type of. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's Tai Chi. No, no, no. That's for Chinese. Yeah, for Japan. Very, but but they're very active. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But it's it's like active older into yes. life, like older. Yes. And yeah, that's like a mm-hmm. priority was their diet. And but and but they've always been active. Yeah. Because, you know, the one thing I will say when I look, when I take care of people that are, that look like me and they're in their 60s and their 70s and they are suffering, their knees hurt, their back hurt, mm-hmm. their hip hurt. And you're thinking of, and you're trying to get them to, you know, get into more physical activity it's fine that you start late, right? I think people can start activity at any point in time, but it is definitely harder to for someone that's 60 that is now trying to, um, trying to catch up or run past an injury or run past mm-hmm. osteoporosis or run past, mm-hmm. oste- you know, osteoarthritis or osteopenia or any kind of joint inflammation because the body just has never done that thing. And so when you're listening to them, like the transition feels really, really hard. And so mm-hmm. um, there's a benefit to staying active or to becoming active younger and remaining active. Mm, yeah. Because trying to jump into it at, in, when you're 60, people do it, right? There's always some Instagram person that says they didn't start running until they were 50. So it is doable, but it has to be incredibly hard. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. You trying to you trying to say them old ladies been rolling that they've been rolling. It was rolling way before. They 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 like the <laughs> they like the Asian Golden Girls. They've been mm-hmm. friends for a long time. They come out there every month right. for years to roll, <laughs> right. roll and talk shit. Okay, that's what okay. they do. Let me is Sophia blanching them. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I would need to see this. This is I because rolling is hard. Right. That is it all. It blew. That me. is all upper body. So their pecs are probably popping. They got some biceps, triceps. You know, they probably they get in it. So kudos. Petite too. They petite little women. I was like, wow. <laughs> That's goals. That's like goals. I'm like, I need to be sixty something rolling a damn boat. I what? Let, let me let what my crew. 
I need to get the three of y'all to come with me in our 60s. So I'm going to tell you this. I'm, I'm not <laughs> I'll do it because, you know, you know, me and Orange Theory get down. So rowing is a part of my everyday activity. I mean, powerlifting. I got Five, some upper body now activity. so I can help you out there. But I love nah. row. First, I got to learn how to uh, swim. You don't know how to swim. Because I ain't going on there. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, Chris ain't Chris. No, I got I got lots of the girl who's been on a whole she be out on a whole yacht. Right. Actually, yes. Vest. Let's talk about that. Need, you were in the middle. But you can but you can have a life vest on we row. You can You're have a right. life vest on we row. That's true. Well, that, that's that, true. That um, but you don't want to row with me. Cause I'm gonna tell I'm gonna complain and I'm gonna be hot. <laughs> and uh um, in the back. You can, uh, you can set our you cadence. Know. So there's a person that usually is on a rowboat that will like set the yeah. cadence. So like you know the army, they say one, two, three. You know, me, you want me to set it? Yeah. No, so yeah, you don't just, let me set it. All you gotta do is talk. Just say row one, two, row one, two, row. That's it. Mm-mm. I'm gonna be tired. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. This is. But Amy Jo, that was a very interesting article that you brought up. It's very interesting. But yeah, so I would also I would also be interested to see because I know when I was doing some of my courses for my MPH that there's also a discrepancy between like gender and ethnicity too. Yeah, there is. Um, You know, so men tend to pass away earlier than women, and then men of color go even faster. And then you know, it's like Mm -hmm. a hierarchy Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. And white, what white women live forever. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the the places that work, um, like the like the queen, like the queen, maybe. No, right. No, the queen was what ninety eight. Was she ninety eight? No, the queen passed away. No, before. like what? But she yeah, was but like ninety eight. Well, how old she was? Yeah. Oh yeah, almost triple digits. Wow. Yeah, almost yeah. ninety nine. <laughs> so like, but the area that I work in in Chicago, it has like the highest population of that's the highest geri- it's the highest geriatric population i think in the u.s um because i was wondering why am i getting all these 90 and 100 year olds like what is what is going on um but apparently that is what that area is known for so um they're all great but i'm just like y'all are old <laughs> what, are you, what is going on here um yeah so it, it was interesting about to kick the bucket any minute yeah. girl <laughs> So y'all listen, Dr. 70, no, Dr. No, Dr. No, no, like not on my shift. <laughs> 76 y'all is the average life expectancy. So when you're thinking about your own life and you're trying to figure out how do I beat the odds? Um, the question is, what were yeah. you doing at the midpoint mark? And the midpoint is not 50. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is the, therein lies the issue that midlife is not 50. Mm. when you think about it like that and that's that, look that's harsh that's a harsh reality for all of us to swallow because i'm doing all math like wait a second wait a second i'm doing math too and i'm not <laughs> like, liking the math okay like, that came fast. right i <laughs> like, am not liking minute. this math right now so this is why I, i'm quiet quiet i don't feel i don't i don't feel like, like that that escalated quickly <laughs> yeah like yo what is this and so i think um you know, since I've read it and now that it's the new year and, you know, everybody's coming in, they're ready. They're ready to get their diabetes together and they are going to lose a hundred pounds and they're going to do all this kind of stuff. I'm like, well, listen, yeah. You know, I used to, I used to be on the fence about new year's resolutions, but you know, more and more these days, I'm like, whatever you need, whatever motivation you need to give it another college try, you should keep trying it until you get it. Mm-hmm. Keep trying it mm-hmm. until you get it. New Year's, fine. Birthday, fine. Wedding dates, cool. Graduations, anniversaries, whatever you need to make you feel like you're going to ramp back up and give this lifestyle thing another chance, you should because life comes at you fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a- Derricka Hamby. So Derricka Hamby um, is, uh, she has played for the Las Vegas Aces for all of her career, I believe. And of course, um, was a a strong participant. I think she was like six man of the year or something like that. She's an awesome player that um, helped them win their world championship. 
And during the celebration, during the parade and the celebration um, in Vegas, she announced that she was pregnant with her second child. Um, but she could not wait to come back. And she had recently signed a contract, I think in June. Um, and she was out of the blue traded. And so she was, she pinned a, a message right to her fans, you know, on her social media pages, just kind of saying that she felt very hurt and, um, very betrayed and that she thought her pregnancy played a role in them getting rid of her because they did not have confidence that she, you know, was going to do it, but they kind of put the spin on it that they were trading her because she wasn't holding up her end of the deal. And that was, which was that she wasn't, you know, appearing to be committed to, I guess, practice and working out. So, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, um, it, it, she called it. But wasn't she pregnant? Yeah. She, she, yeah. And so, you know, it's got, um, she just said there were a lot of traumatic events that, that led up to it. And so, um, and she's literally been six woman of the year. Like this is not a scrub y'all. This is a legit player. Six one of the year had just signed a two year extension. Um, and you know, to her, they were saying, yeah, everything's cool. Everything's fine. And all of a sudden she gets traded and they're saying she's getting traded because she's not, she's not producing. And, um, you know, I feel a way especially about how I feel about fertility and these black babies that we should have the ability to have. And so just this, this concept and all the work that the WNBA has been doing, like the players association on allowing, you know, insurance for fertility treatments and, you know, kind of promoting healthy families and all these things. And to watch this on this big stage play out, where you know one minute she's six one six one of the year times two and she's celebrating expanding her family having her second kid and now y'all are like yeah she ain't looking good so gonna take her she's damaged goods that that bothers me that bothers me uh as a woman as as a black woman as a former athlete as a doctor that is trying to promote it that shit right there is the why we're having all these fertility issues because you say we can have both, but it's, it's an example that it ain't safe. It is not safe to do all the things. And those who Mm -hmm. step out and do all the things, um, become, you know, sacrificial lambs. So, uh, I hope, um, I hope I hope Vegas has a response, right? I would really like to hear their response that was not inflammatory because you cannot tell me you've been celebrating this athlete, this amazing athlete that has helped you win a championship and all of a sudden just out the blue, she just wasn't giving you what you needed. Come on. That 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 hmm. But they could do that so be. easily and just trade her just like that even yeah, though she signed. Yeah. Yeah. And look, like she said, trades are part of the business, right? Welcome to the league. Um, I feel like the WNBA is even more cutthroat because you got 144 players, period. That's it. Everybody gets 12, nothing more, nothing less. It is so cutthroat with those numbers that you sometimes cut all-stars. So the business is the business. And if you were going to trade me, I think she felt like that's fine. She understood that. I think the pain comes into play that I'm pregnant. I'm not lazy. And you kind of, kind of made it seem like you just hadn't, you didn't want to take the hit for trading a pregnant employee. There's part of me that's wondering if that was like quietly a clause in her contract. The way, the way that she's explaining it, it probably sounds like it wasn't, but there's a lot of clauses in some of these contracts for these athletes that are wild, whether it's about maintaining a certain weight or about, it's, it gets wild. It, there better it gets not wild. be a clause that says you cannot have children. Because then there's the bias too, right? Because we, now, if you anybody right. follows the WNBA, no, you're right. we have been celebrating children, Right. 
we have been celebrated in the context of, and, and it appears, right? Because if that were the case, then this, then this is all smoke and mirrors, right? Because they appear to be celebrating families, but the people who are having the families are not the actual women that are playing. So the people that are, that they are celebrating going, Oh my God, you got this baby going away are, um, their partners are having the babies. So it's Mm -hmm. the other woman that is having the babies. And so to me, that feels grossly unfair and very, very dirty, very uh, sticky and hypocritical to say it is okay. It is okay for me to expand my family. But if you're in the WNBA, you better get you a woman and let her do it because we expect you to be on the court. Because it might be in your contract that under no circumstances should you miss X amount of time for any reason. But she was still practicing. They could, she, she, she was playing pregnant. That's wild. Wow. You couldn't. You couldn't. She could hurt herself. She announced her pregnancy after they won, right? But she was playing pregnant. You can't catch me, bruh. You can't catch You couldn't You can't. Nah. And lots of women do it. Lots of athletes get pregnant and keep on playing. And they can, right? If a if a if if a WBA player walked in your office right now and said I'm pregnant, your first reaction is not going to be to pull them off the court. No, I'm talking about me personally. I can do it. <laughs> but I'm with you. I'm with you. Like I'm with you. Do it, you know, all the time. And so um Maybe it's because in my head, I'm thinking about the competitive nature and the possible contact. Because if it was like running track, I wouldn't even blink an eye. It's fine. Yeah, but it's bad. But, you know, in a a competitive contact sport, like, you know what I mean? Technically, basketball is not a contact sport. Basketball is definitely a contact sport. I'm with you on that. But that little bean is in there (laughs) bouncing. It's going to be all right. Where them elbows be flying? Lord. Watch your head. Don't watch your uterus. You know? Uterus, no, but I agree. To, uh, it is elbow me pretty low. Um, <laughs> no, but I agree. The the story is wild, and I'm I am curious too to see if they make a statement because I'm curious to see what they say. Hmm. What was the reason for the trade? That's crazy. Um, and especially because she has already, especially because she has already said her piece and as to why she thinks she got traded. Now you really got to respond, right? Especially now you in the hot seat. You now are you in the, the hot seat. seat because they just they they all uh, when they the whole players agreement right that big negotiation that happened a part of that had lots of protection for women to grow their families to have you know all these things so the WNBA has got some explaining to do to say wait a second because mm-hmm. Bird can grow her family. And Tarasi can grow her family. And uh, what's her name that just had a kid? Her wife just had a kid. Oh, um, on the Chicago sky? Yes, her too. But I, that's not who I was thinking about. Candace. Parker just, you know. But these women mm-hmm. are staying on the court. And so what you're saying is you know, it just it's, it creates a, a bad tone, mm-hmm. right? Because... The WNBA, while has been a place, a safe space for LGBTQ, there are also heterosexual women that love the WNBA. There are heterosexual women that love basketball, that play basketball, that coach basketball, that participate in basketball, that have contributed to basketball, right? So women are contributing to the WNBA. All women. And I get that you have found your, you found that you found, you know, a marketing strategy and it's working and it brings the people in, but they're not the only people that are watching or contributing or paying money. And that just leaves a bad taste in in my mouth to say like, wait a minute. So y'all going to do this girl dirty because she's pregnant. What you going to do? What you going to do? Las Vegas. Let's see what you got to say. Anyway, Anyway, freeze y'all eggs though. That's my freeze y'all eggs. Freeze your eggs. Oh my goodness. Any chance she gets. Freeze your eggs.
Should that legit just be our topic for today? <laughs> Should that just be our topic for today? No, you don't. Like we we really could just shoot the breeze. Like you know, it's been a long time since we did one of these. I mean, and I feel like the last time we did one, people were like, "Yo, I like it when y'all just talk." Yeah, I mean, let's just do that today. I think that's the. Oh, are you saying if you need to do your topic? No, you don't. You don't. You don't necessarily have to do your topic. We could because we're already at like almost an hour. Topic. Our trending topics could just yeah, be we are. The, the, the topic, I only have the topic one that I have, didn't exist. Right. I only have one question. But yeah. I mean, you know, th- there's so many things. Listen, we're talking medicine, right? We can talk about so many things and, and all these things. So, you know, we could we could do this all night. And I think sometimes people wonder, like, what are y'all talking about before y'all get on? Here you go, people. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it sounds like talking about before this we hit is, record. This is what we do. Exactly. This is exactly what it sounds like before you hit record. My boyfriend um, was, um, he was, uh, he was making fun of us because he's like, oh, y'all never record on time. Y'all always just talking, whatever. And then y'all never like start on time. I'm like, well, yeah, we have to like work ourselves up for it. He's like, but y'all like, it takes like, <laughs> it takes like two hours. And I'm like, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. So and I'm like, but we're gonna be no, better. No, I told no, him we're checking our time. I told him that we were gonna start on time. Don't be clocking us. Don't be, clock, don't be clocking us, bro. We don't be clocking you, bro. Won't be clocking you, bro. Don't His podcasts time. take damn near three hours, so he has nothing to talk about. So don't come for me. Don't come don't, for don't me, come. bro. Don't Listen, come. Don't get you the smoke. spent thirty six mm. hours in the room with somebody. This is nothing, <laughs> right? Thirty six hours, right? Staring at the same person, like just me and you. And um, mm. so this is this is light work, you know. Right. This is light work, <laughs> right? They don't understand. They don't understand the bond. Okay, we spend time in the rooms, uh, <laughs> on night flow, making it work, <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep these patients alive. <laughs> Have I ever done night? I done night flow with. Uh, no, the the last time. Wait, no, 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 no. Dr. Sunshine wasn't on. I've been say. We have, we no. have, we, I thought we, we almost have all been on, um, inpatient together. That was our intern year. Remember it was our intern year because we, it was like the first rotation, like maybe the second rotation of the year. Cause my first rotation was with Dr. Sunshine. So it had to be the second rotation of the year. And it was like day one and a cold went off in the hospital. Oh, I remember that. And we <laughs> were all leaving. Oh. It was my so patient. <laughs> Just can you imagine like a bunch of little little interns shuffling like to get <laughs> going at you know cold cold blue eight east cold blue eight, eight east here we come yo you got that voice on point though the voice that announced it was never a panicking nope. voice in fact she had a pause oh she was like code blue eight I'm like man no. like, 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 you're ready to run. Why are you hesitating, woman? Like, ma'am, did they not like? Did you did you forget that fast? Like, <laughs> she like dropped her paper. Like, cold blue. <laughs> you be like, ho, where, where, ho, where? <laughs> seven west, cold blue, seven west. You run into the stairs. Oh my gosh! So anyway, we are like. We're on. It's it's. First of all, we should be out of the hospital. That's our first lesson. First, oh, lesson that was immediately. We should have been out of the hospital because yes. our notes should have been done, and we should have been out. Yeah. But and what that's were we not what we're doing. We we what we're doing? Kiki in it in the black <laughs> having a good time. Shoe shoeing. And see, but if I had stopped Kiki in it and I went home, right? Yeah. You wouldn't have even have been there, have been and there. they would have just been our chief from I the know, beginning. Right? It was she, like she five of us in yeah, that room. Chief, it was, she was there. It wasn't just us. It was like oh yeah, it was. I think it was it, uh, Eric. Yeah, it was Eric yeah. and um, Eric. Was it someone else? That, that mm-hmm. was it. Yeah. Uh, yeah it was the four of us mind you i wasn't on the service i actually was doing some weird overnight thing in mch i don't know but i was bored because wasn't nobody in labor so i went up to kiki with y'all and and i'm like "Ooh, sounds like y'all i I don't got no babies coming right now that seems like a you problem delivery real quiet no it it definitely was a problem problem. it was a me problem to Dark Sunshine, she was like, "Ooh, that's a them problem. Let me go so they can." I was like, "I ain't got nothing right. happening on labor delivery. It's smooth. It's quiet. That weird twenty four hour, in- uh, whatever." Yeah, I was like, "Listen, ain't nobody here." I'm like, "Oh, y'all got a cold. Y'all should. Y'all should. 
y'all should check that out. It was, it was, it was the best. Oh, we all, we all left that. after that though. Yeah, we um, sure did. I hung out with Dr. Krista. She finished her paperwork. And then I was like, yo, we need to leave this hospital right now, right? First of all, 5 a.m. is coming. I don't even know why we were, I, we were always at the hospital. I think the the thing about uh, maybe our class, I think because we all were really tight, mm-hmm. we all seem to always be around. Yeah. Um, and I'm not knocking, let me just say this, because I don't want to get a message from hard, tired, overworked residents. I'm not mad at y'all go home. I'm not. Please go home by all means um i'm not mad at residents they go home y'all we are at the hospital we're required to be at the hospital a lot or required to be at work a lot Mm -hmm. we were at work a whole lot because we were always there like i'm gonna just go i'm gonna be here and supporting you until you can finish up your stuff and so we would finish work and catch up on stuff and then somebody else would walk by like oh y'all up in here okay we gonna be here So we spent, uh, uh, you know, we lived in the hospital. Especially, especially when you know everyone who you think is supposed to be there is already Mm -hmm. in the room. And all of a sudden you start hearing that keypad. You're like, now who is this? Open the door. (laughs) I'm like, oh, see, I was on, I was on the ER shift. See, I don't even know. I was in the ER shift and it's real slow. So I came up here to say, what up? What up? And we talked for like, like, who is that? As soon as you hit a little keypad, you're like, pause. Everybody on this night shift is here. Who who is coming through the door right now? Man, and the door opens. You're like, oh my God, what are you doing here? (laughs) That was always the energy. That was always the energy. It was. Yeah, because it's like, oh, you got no to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too, me too. I'm going to fire up right here. Is that corner? When you walk up to the the, um, call room and then someone's playing like some reggaeton. And I'm like, that got to be like Eric or Aaron. Like, it's either one of them too. So you can hear it outside the door. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, cutting up in here. Oh my god. Or sorry. Oh, oh my god. Sorry, be blasting music so loud. I'm like, sorry. How do you get work done? Oh, no, she came into yeah. like MCH at like seven in the morning, just blasting it through her headphones, and she was like singing the song too. And I'm like, girl. You have all this energy. I'm Listen. not there yet. I need some. I need some talk coffee. About a, talk about a fire. I need some coffee. I love Lord, some that one yeah. there. Good times. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're fine. Anyway, it's all good. this is not about our journeys and such. Chris, did you have a question? I mean, do you still want to do it? I've had, I've had, I've had lots, I've had lots of people ask me a question. I don't know. Did you have a question? question? I can cut this to make it. It's gonna, it's gonna be less than less than an hour anyway. Because I've had people ask me questions, but you actually had a question. Okay, I think we might have done this question before, but we'll see. Okay, so this is the question. Hey, what is the most unassuming way to ask your new partner about STD screening? We're getting closer and have had intercourse inconsistently. Before we start really rolling, I want to ask him about STD, STI screening, but I feel like asking comes off too aggressive. We are dating monogamously. Wait, they're already having sex. Right. They're already having sex? So I kind of feel like if you already did it. Yeah, that's what she yeah, said. They, she said. She said they're just not having sex consistently. They're having yeah, but they're having sex, but she's afraid to ask about STI but I'm like, if y'all already doing it, like, why not? Just ask. No, right. No. Well, let me just say that they, uh, let's pretend like they weren't having sex yet. Okay. I think, um, I don't, see, I'm, 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 I'm a straight shooter, right? So mm-hmm. sometimes I'm just like, hey, listen, so at some point, I, we're going to have sex. It, it feels like we're going to have sex and just like, can we talk about like STDs, like, I would like to get tested. Like, do you mind getting tested? Like, I would re- be... Because I feel like if you... In, in an attempt to make it pretty and make it all, you know, fluffy, you kind of maybe decrease, like, how important it is to you. So I would just simply say, like, you know, I, I kind of feel an attraction. Like, I feel some energy here. It might result in us having some sex. And before we do that, you know, what are your thoughts about us getting tested? And, and let them answer for you, like, yeah, I'm down. 
or no, I'm not. And that will answer some questions for you mm-hmm. too and save you, you know, probably some time and some trouble. Yeah. Getting tested and knowing their status is very important. That's a good way of approaching it. Yeah. But I think with her, when they already had it done, they already did have sex. And I guess now, I guess it, what she was saying, it was inconsistent. And then now they're dating monogamously. Well, now they're dating so monogamously. I so I would, I, yeah, even so even I then, it's still. Are... It sounds like this was probably just like a fling. Yeah. This might have been a fling that kept yeah. happening. And then now and that then you're grew monogamous. And now that you guys are together, yeah. now it's like, okay, but like, really. Yeah, uh, so I mean, it still yeah. stands that you can still ask them, like what Amy Joe just said, you know, can, can we get tested? And I would be a lot more comfortable if we both did. And if they say yes, that's great. You know, keep it moving. And if they say no, it's probably a red flag. And you should probably consider that. But um, yeah, so you know, that's that's all there is to it. And you know what? Low key, like speaking as someone who has a colorful dating life, I feel like a lot of times, like if you have a good guy, like a decent dude, he probably hasn't been tested in a while because sometimes dudes are just lazy. Not mm-hmm. necessarily because he's anti, mm-hmm. but dudes just be lazy. Yeah. They be like, like, if you just say, like, hey, like, you know, this really means a lot to me. Can you get tested? They'd probably be like, oh, yeah, sure. I could do that. Mm-hmm. But if you ask them, like, well, why haven't you? It's like, ah, just. Uh, I've been all right. I ain't felt nothing, right? I've been all right. I've been Or you can make it like we're going to get tested together. Maybe that just makes it. You know, yeah. I, you know, I never mm. in, in in all my dating life, I never offered to get tested together. It was always like, hey, you want to go get I'm going to get tested. Why don't you get tested? And let's come back and report these results so that we kind of know what the deal is and keep going. Because I don't want you to find... There might be things you find out that you're not going to tell me and you simply going to not call me back, right? And that's cool. That's Mm -hmm. fine. That's true. I wasn't Um, wasn't expecting that they'd actually be in the same room together. Just necessarily. It's the phrasing. Amy Jo's phrasing is good. Her phrasing is good. Like, listen, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. That's true. I think you should do it too. But no pressure and we can circle back when we both got results <laughs> yeah and if he wants to he could just not circle back right True. and then if you don't want to circle back listen you might learn you might find something that you ain't know you had you know what i'm saying um and if you find it it's not my business right and we got tested so that it wouldn't be my business right mm. um, <laughs> so. i love it <laughs> keep your business over there i keep my business over here and our businesses do not have to cross okay okay gucci Um, (laughs) but yeah i would just ask him this is this is good advice this is a good answer to the question amy joe you're good at this yes yeah she's very good at at phrasing things the right way yeah well sometimes i feel like i say i don't know i feel like I don't know. I feel like at the doctor, I always say throw that on. Because when you go to the doctor, they always add like, oh, do you want to be tested for age? Sure. Throw it in there. Throw it in there. In fact, throw it all in there. We all taking my urine. Take it too. Well, why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you ask people, they're like, oh, yeah, throw it in there. Oh, yeah, yeah I'll take some of that too. I'll get that mm-hmm. test. Yeah. Add whatever you want on there. I'm like, especially yeah. when you go, especially women, especially when you go for your pap series, they be like, yeah, throw it in there. Doc, you down there. Do the swabs. Do the, do, do the thing. You You're already right. in there. You already there. Like, get it. Okay. You already there. Get it. Boy. <laughs> Done. Is it yeast something? I don't know. Swab it. It's cool. It's fine. Do the swabs. <laughs> they, yes, they definitely are. The women definitely. It's the guy. It's the, the guys. guys kind of. They don't usually really. go to the doctor, and then. But like I said, it's not because a lot of guys are anti. They just they just be like, oh shoot, wow, you did ask me that. I can sure. They, yeah. but they really don't think about it. Mm. It's not. It's literally not a thought to guys at all until their penis starts burning, yes. and then all of a sudden it's a fucking emergency. <laughs> oh, sorry, my bad, but it's an emergency <laughs> because because the way that men spiral about their penises is wild to me. Do y'all know what, everything that happens in this vagina? And we just be we just be going throughout our lives. The moment a man feels any discomfort in his penis, it's like the end of the so world. True. I was like, so okay, true. like so true, like. Cause they're like, nah, it's not supposed to do that. Like, I like, think okay, I got all cancer. Right, all right. Can can you check? <laughs> like, but you don't. But 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 I think you don't I do. Have cancer. Like you like no. What if it doesn't work ever again? Like what? If, they're just so like. Yeah. But hey, let us stop bragging on the men. Either way. <laughs> uh, but we could definitely end this episode here. We answered the listeners' question. Um, anybody have any closing thoughts before we go? Mm-hmm. No. It's always yeah. a pleasure. 
It's been great. I like our random yeah, episodes. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for uh, spending time with us, Amy Jo. We know you got a lot to do. You planned the wedding and stuff. We're on the countdown. Hey. Yes. Yeah, between between you planning your wedding and Dr. Nono moving to her new house, y'all, y'all oh, mad busy. For real. Stuff. Oh, sure. We got uh, a, a, apparently a shower coming up in Chicago. Um, mm. And I know, it's like, it's around the corner. I remember when I was like, oh, I got time. All I got to do is get the Dr. Sunshine wedded. I'm good. I worry about nothing. <laughs> and then... No, it, just, it goes like, by fast, right? Yeah, you look up and, and your, your planner is like, yo, let's get together. Where are we on these dates? You got them? You got them? You good? No? Yes? What you doing? And um, you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah the planner be like, what's happening? What's happening? Chop, chop. Yes. People, vendors, money, things. Where is it? Come on. Boom. Yes. So <laughs> it's been, um, it's been insane. Okay, guys. We bid you farewell. Bye.